1: My name is Derek Combs, and I listen to the Blue Army
0: podcast. My name is Maddie Robson, and you're listening to the Blue Army podcast. I
1: wish I got all that,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wish I got all that. But no, it sounds like we got the, most of the kinks out the way. Um, yeah, so it's just going to be me and you, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll just, we'll just get the show on the road, and we'll get the ball rolling. I'll introduce things. Okay. Oh. Great parents. how's it gone and welcome back to the blue army podcast this is of course episode 94 oh, we're getting up there pal we're getting up there pal and i'm joined know. by one half of the cumbrian brain trust that's right we're doing Double Duty this week. I couldn't think of another thing on the spot, mate, that was like, it, just, it didn't make any sense. Double Duty doesn't make any sense. Anyway, I'm talking about Liam.
2: How are you doing, man? You all right? Doing great. I would be doing well, better, if Wills was here. But we'll have to make do it Yeah, we'll
1: have to make do with our wills this week. Uh, He's away having some kind of fun at some kind of concert. I'm sure we'll be able to catch up with him next week, (laughs) mate. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. But uh, don't feel too down, Liam. And if you are feeling down, don't worry, because at this time of the show, we have traditions. And that means time for one thing and one thing only something that's going to cheer you up. That's right. It's time for the Blue Army Podcast. Joke of the week.
0: Is he having a laugh?
1: I think he's trying to. It's the blue blue
0: army podcast. Yeah, yeah.
1: get in. Right, buddy, here we go. I hope you like this one. It's a bit clunky. I hope it's not. Oh god, here we go. Here we go. (laughs) Set
2: expectations low.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The best thing to do on this one, I think. Hopefully it'll impress. What have you got when a zombie and an alien play darts?
2: I don't know.
1: One undead and E.T. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: got a smirk. It got a smirk.
1: It's okay now. You did get up and try and leave this week at least. So that's not too bad. <laughs> you can't do that to us anyway because it's only me and you this week. And that means I'm filling in. A little bit for Wills uh, when it comes to the uh, the league to look around. But before we jump into that, we don't normally cover Tuesday night games in any depth here on the Blue Army podcast. So, I mean, it is worth mentioning. It's, it's a good thing to dive in with, really. Carlisle beat Hartlepool. 3-1 on Tuesday night at home in front of an absolutely great Tuesday night crowd. Huge in numbers. Uh, back-to-back victories that meant on Tuesday night, Dennis with two goals, Feeney with the opener. Liam, your memories of this one, your match reaction to this one?
2: I think it was class. You know, I would I like beating Hartlepool anyway, but <laughs> to beat them as convincingly as we did, you know, I think the only goal they managed to score was when we pretty much gave them. They were just... They were a bit of a pushover, to be honest with you. They disappointed me because you come into these sort of like games against rivals. You know, I'm not going to call it a derby, but uh, you know, the two teams that don't really like each other. Anyways, you come into these sort of games thinking you need you need us to beat them, and they just made it far too easy for us. Like, if I was a Hartlepool fan at that match, I'd be so so angry with my team because it's two sets of supporters that really don't like each other, and they've pretty much just. Given up from the first minute because it was so so easy for us. I think we'd never really left second gear, and it showed when we made that mistake. Going Moxon passes it back, plays their guy, uh, on you know, plays their guy into our keeper. It was a brilliant assist from Moxon, to be fair, (laughs) in the wrong direction, but uh, but yeah, other than that, it was a good
1: touch, a good bring down, yeah, it was, (laughs) it It was, it was (laughs) was was such a a class to it in a way.
2: He just forgot what team he was playing for. But, but yeah, <laughs> apart from the go- the goal we give them, we were never in any danger, really. And we scored our goals, we took them well. That third goal, I want to mention as well, it was a thing of beauty, you know, just the build-up play, you know, getting it out from the back. Uh, Dennis gets it, doesn't he? He plays the ball out wide to Moxon. Brilliant crossing, an absolutely fantastic header from Dennis, you know, completely unmarked as well. <laughs> I wouldn't be happy if I was a Hartlepool <laughs> fan, but you know... <laughs> It was such a good goal, such a good team goal. And it was it was the type of goals that you see scored at higher levels. It's it's not your s- sort of stereotypical scrappy League 2 goal like maybe the first one was. But That's, yeah, it, imp- it impressed. Brilliant yeah, nice no, goal. It
1: really was. It was a really nice clutch, uh, touch between. I've mentioned this about Dennis before. And I've done a bit of a profile on Dennis, which I'll go into more uh, when we talk about the Rochdale game. Uh, just the way he's been impressing um, in recent weeks, and he's really coming into his own, especially uh, as far as this division standard's are concerned. And um, but I won't I won't go on to talk about Dennis just yet. It's the Hartley-Pearl game, mate. It was a great result for us, three one. We deserved the victory. We look like the better team from day one. What I was trying to scramble to remember to say is, did you hear what uh, Paul Simpson said? Uh, Owen Moxon came up to him after the goal uh, after the third goal and he said that, oh, makes, yeah. Up. Yeah, he, he said, that makes up <laughs> that makes up for the mistake and Paul Simpson said no it doesn't no. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was trying to remember so sorry about that little ramble everyone that's
2: what I was trying to remember <laughs> Mandan excellence. That's, that's what you've got to uh, think about for that one <laughs>
1: I mean, it, it's put it on a sixpence, man. It was fantastic. What a fantastic goal! I mean, you just don't see that kind of across, that kind of quality, and that kind of way to get in the box like Dennis did at this level that often. And it was a proper, it was a proper goal. You know what I mean? It was a proper footballing goal. Yeah. Um, well, well beyond this level. Well beyond this level. And uh, it's, it's something that we're actually becoming quite accustomed to now, especially. Um, the where Jordan can get unleashed down either side at the moment, and Dennis is able to sort of look over his shoulder and flick it on, which is what he did in the Rochdale game. But before we go on to talk about the Rochdale game, Liam, you've got a bit of a segment here now, which normally you and Wills, but I've decided I'm going to fill in a little bit, which might mean I'll change the theme tune. But it's about time we found out
2: what, what was happening here. We found out what was happening there, because it's the league. Two, round up with Liam (laughs) and Liam. Doesn't have the same Uh, ring to it, does it? (laughs) No, not
1: quite. Not quite. No, I'm sorry. I'm filling in. I'm filling in. But I won't go on. I won't go on too much. Um, So we've decided to sort of like divide the top half of the table and the bottom half of the table into a bit of news. I'll go first with the bottom half of the table, if that's okay with you, buddy, because I think I've got a nice point to hand over to you, if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll dive in with that. So the bottom three haven't changed in terms of positions. Rochdale sitting right rock bottom with Gillingham and Hartley Poole making up the bottom three. But there has been a little gap made in terms of points gains. Obviously, Rochdale lost to us uh on, on the weekends, and we will talk about that eventually. We do keep mentioning it, do apologize. Um, but Gillingham managed a draw against Swindon, three all. So they are scoring and firing on all cylinders and managing to gain a bit of traction. They've recently got themselves just off the bottom of the table and now have two games in hand over Rochdale. And now Hartlepool are looking over their shoulders as they desperately do not want to get dragged into that relegation zone. But they lost 2-1 to Colchester this Week And when I did look at that Colchester result there, it really got me looking at how many games certain teams have played so far in this division. Colchester have played 29 times so far in this division, but there are teams like Grimsby, Walsall, and I believe there's one more in there, Crow Alexander, that have only played 24 games. No, that's fifteen points. That's a lot that's a lot of points that are still up for grabs in those positions. This 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 league feels very topsy turvy. But lucky enough for us, all those teams kind of reside in the mid-table or lower. So I don't think it's really gonna affect anything at the top end of the table. But Liam, you'll know uh, what's what's going on at the top end of the table, won't you? So I'll hand over to you.
2: Yeah, the big result from this round of fixtures was probably Tranmere getting a one-nil win over Leighton Orient. Which uh, puts Stevenage in a very, very good position to fight for that top spot now, especially with them beating um Leighton Orient not so many uh not so many days ago. I think it was it the week before, I think it was. Um but yeah, Tranmere, good one 0 win over Leighton Orient. Leighton Orient are really starting to slip from that top spot. I think at one point in the season they were thirteen points clear. They're now only I believe it's three points. I'll just check that. Yeah, they're three points. No two, they're two points ahead. However, Stevenage below them have two games in hand of them on them. So Stevenage really, if you're counting those games in hand, are probably top spot. They're probably the team to beat at the minute. And Leighton Orient, you look at their form, they've, in the last five games, they've lost three, drawn one, won one. And then you look at Stevenage, they've won three, drawn two. You know, it, Stevenage are really, really gaining on Leighton Orient now. And Leighton Orient, despite being so dominant in the first half of the season, are really, really slipping away now uh northampton as well slipping away three losses in their last five games compared to carlisle's four wins in five games they're really starting to catch up now and well, the thing was i've it, noticed it, is it, gap, wasn't
1: there sorry did you, yeah, sorry Go yeah on. there was I'm a
2: saying. huge gap once upon a time with leighton orient and with northampton as well being in them uh, all my promotion places
1: it feels it feels like the gap between carlisle and northampton shrank really quickly
2: yeah it did and that's because leighton orient when that that run of losses They've, you know you look at um They won the other day, but in the last five games, they've lost three. They won the other two, but them three losses really did put them in a big, big disadvantage. And you've got to think as well, um, I think what's happening now in the table is it's starting to sort of solidify itself. The top two are sort of fighting for that top spot. Then you've got third and fourth fighting for that third spot. And then below that, there's a six-point gap down at fifth between between fourth and fifth, Carlisle in fourth, Salford in fifth. And what's starting to formulate there is them bottom three teams, them three teams below Carlisle plus Bradford, Barra, Wimbledon, and maybe Sutton. I think Stockport are probably in a stronger position despite being below Sutton. Um, Them teams are all going to be fighting for the playoffs, whereas Carlisle and Northampton are both going to be fighting for that last automatic promotion place because there's a gap between Northampton and Stevenage, a very big gap, and there's a very big gap between Carlisle and Salford. So it's them two teams that seem to be the ones that are the sort of favourites to get promoted by that Second, uh, by that third automatic promotion place, Salford, uh, Stevenage, and Leyton Orient have maybe broken away a little bit now, and they're just fighting for the title, fighting for you know for the trophy as well as the promotion. But it's going to be really interesting to see who comes out on top between Northampton and Carlisle coming into the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's as cut and dry as that either. Like I feel like because the gap at this level, you see it happen year in, year out. A team can come out of nowhere and just 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 upset everything. And there are always fallaways and. I mean we'll see how quickly that Orient can really uh, do some sort of consistent corrections, but yeah, I I don't think, you know, the league title for the top four, you know, is, is out of the question. I feel like we're not out of the picture, basically, is what I want to say. And is it... Well
2: you look at it as well. Let Orient and Carlisle have lost the same amount of games. They've both only lost five. It's just draws that are separating them. And I think how many points is that? That's two nine points separating them. You know, in this in that at that level, that can disappear like now. We could yeah. definitely still be in the title race. If we go on a mad, mad run of games, like do you remember that run where we, I think we went, did we win eight eight on the bounce or something like that under um, under Sheridan that took us right from like the bottom half of the table right into them promotion places? It was went just before Sheridan left, before he had that sort of fallout with the, with the players. Uh, so if something like that happens again, which this team is very, very capable of, especially with Kimani Gordon coming into some sort of weird, brilliant form, like what John Mellish did once upon a time under Chris Beach, hopefully. There's no reason why that sort of breakaway, the top two, can't be shortened really, really quickly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I was trying to say. And you said it all more eloquently, mate. Thanks very much for doing that for (laughs) us. I mean, so there we go. We found out what was happening here. We found out what was happening there. It was the league. Two, round up with Liam and Liam. Please come back next week, Wills. Thank you. (laughs) Not that I didn't enjoy doing it with you, Liam. It's just, it's not not my place to be. (laughs) But yeah, here we go with a place I normally am. It's a bit of Carlisle United related news and there was a rumor that ended up in my inbox well a couple of rumors that I've ended up in my inbox this week and uh, I mean I'm just going to air them just for the sake of airing them the first of which is that Jamie Devitt left training today a little bit early because apparently there has been an approach made and he has been allowed to go and discuss because obviously deadline day is on Wednesday Um, So there's only a small amount of time if a move is going to be made. And then, Toby Show Silver. Apparently, there was an approach made for Toby. Apparently, it was Hartlepool. And apparently, it was going to be accepted until Toby Show Silver has since had a bit of an ankle injury and was seen today in training wearing a boot. And he will not be able to pass any fitness tests. And therefore, he will probably not be able to be available for a move um I mean Toby's really popular I, I'd, I'd like to see him stay Jamie Devitt's really popular I'd like to see him stay I feel like the squad do need a lot of depth but it, it Liam it hasn't been out of the out of Paul Simpson's mouth this week that his squad's quite big he is leaving out certain players and there's more players coming back from injury so there's going to be more players getting left out there's only I mean when this podcast comes out I think that is the transfer deadline days pretty much been and gone but like do you think yeah, it have been. do you think like we do kind of need to maybe move one or two people on not just for the sake of us but maybe for the sake of them and their own career and even if it's alone loan or something like that
2: I think maybe Toby Shaw Silver's fallen a little too far down the pecking order for what he would like to be at this point in his career but at the same time we've seen how badly this squad can get done for injuries in just like a matter of weeks. Like I remember there was one point in time where despite having all these brilliant strikers, Toby Shaw Silver was our only fit striker. Now, since then we've brought in, you know, I think we've got one more striker now than what we did then. Obviously, Kimani Gordon's come in as well, but that coincides with the loss of Jack Stretton. So I think we've got only one more striker than we did back then. And for a team that plays, uh, two strikers. At that point we were having to play Jordan Gibson as a striker, which he really isn't. Mm. So I think if you can afford to keep these sort of players, do it. If they want to go, let them go. But I've I i do not really see many much indication that Toby Shaw Silver really like is desperate to leave or something like that. I know for a fact Jamie Devitt isn't. Like Jamie Devitt he seems to be really popular and he's getting on the bench every week as well, and he's coming on in games. He 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 had that brilliant effort come off the bar. I think was it was it Salford? We we were playing Or oh, crew. It was it was crew uh, away from home. He got that brilliant shot put onto the bar. I think Jamie Devitt's still got work to do here. And I'd be disappointed if he went. I'd be more understanding if Toby Shaw Silver went. But at the end, I don't really want either of them to leave. To be honest, yeah, I don't think there's anyone
1: really that I feel like it's a good strong squad. There's a good amount of numbers in there, and. Sorry, I do apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do feel like if this squad's gonna be able to go forward, then we need a big squad. And uh, that's good, you know, coming up to a summer to have more options of people re-signing deals. It's, it's better just to leave the door open for more people at this stage of the season, in my opinion. And it'd be a shame to see anyone leave at this point because the team is doing so well, everyone's had. Uh, everyone's been called upon, you know, senior Ellis, like there's so many people that have had to fill in in different positions that you haven't seen much of maybe the year before. And, but yeah, it's it, the Wheelan yeah. as well, had a bit of a phase at the start of the season where he had to fill in and come in before Huntington signed with the yeah. club as well. You know, there's, there's been times everyone's played like a little run of games. Everyone's had a chance. Edmo's played up front whenever he can be fit, basically. I feel like Edmo's still one of Simpsons' preferred choice of striker up front with Dennis. Whenever he's fit, I feel like he's the preferred kind of balance he likes to have up front. Um, and hopefully we'll get to see more of him uh, coming into the second half of the season. But it's important to keep hold of everyone because people like Edmo coming back from injury... Will feel like a new sign in in March. You know what I mean? It's important to mm-hmm. have those impacts yeah. at those points of the season that can keep building and adding competition. You know, Edmore coming back will make maybe Gordon work harder in training and maybe work Dennis work harder in training and Garner as well. You know, these things have a knock-on effect. And, you know, hopefully that's only gonna do us better. And Simpson's got these like. An idea of some kind of momentum plan, maybe. And that does involve keeping the squad together. And that means not letting anyone go. Um, Yeah, so they're they're the rumours that ended up in my inbox about people leaving. Uh, Talking about people leaving, ex-Carly United starlet, Gerard Bramthwaite, who is currently on loan at PSV, has been the subject of huge rumors that rude van Nistelrooy, his current manager at psv is willing to spend upwards of 20 million pounds to get him on a permanent basis in the next couple of days that's right they want the deal to be done before the january transfer with no closes because apparently everton need the funds in order to fund some kind of relegation survival thing i don't know how far 20 million is going to go in a relegation survival Uh, fight in the Premier League to be completely honest so I mean I feel like we're going to miss out on, Hen- on, on all Henderson's good sort of things I feel like that contract's going to run out at Man United we're not going to see anything coming in, in, in terms of like Dean Henderson, Jared Branthwaite sort of windfall seems to be the new shining light would you like to see it come this January?
2: I'd like to, I don't think it's gonna <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't really think PSV are in position to spend that much money on a young English player that hasn't really... He's been good there, he's impressed, but I don't think they'd be willing to spend that much on him, to be honest. Because PSV aren't that club. They aren't the club that goes out and spends loads of money. That could be changed by the fact they've just got a lot of money for Cody Gakpo from Liverpool. That could be the only sort of uh, hope for Carlisle fans wanting him to be bought by PSV. But I think, would that make him their record transfer in and I don't think, as much as I love Jared, I don't think he would be the big, big record breaking transfer that PSV would want to spend the Cody Gakpo money on.
1: I mean, I, th- I, th- I think it's quite a smart investment, to be honest. The, the, the age that Jared is, and obviously he's English, so the idea would yeah. be if you bring him in for £20 million, you you know, eventually maybe next season, then you start him in pretty much every game. You really look to sort of build that defence around him for the next two or three years. And then you look at a Chelsea, a Man City, a Newcastle, maybe a Liverpool or something like that, and they'll probably spend upwards of 35 £45 million to have somebody... Available for their Champions League squads that can come in. You know that's the right time for uh, Van Dijk to be leaving Liverpool. Maybe you know that's the kind of you know these things. Ever- are, Liverpool rounds and roundabouts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Look, maybe, but I just I can't see it happening. And we've heard the same thing every single transfer window for about two years about Dean Henderson. So I'm not going to get my hopes up too much that it's going to happen. Uh. Plus, what you say about Dean Henderson, we're going to miss the win for that. I don't agree with that, to be honest. I think there is a situation where we get both. I don't think it'll happen this January, but Dean Anderson going to the likes of Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest fans seem to really like him. The manager seems to really like him. Is he injured at the minute, isn't he? I think, Or is he just coming back from injuries, something like that? I
1: thought like his contract was up at the end of the season
2: now. I think it's the end of next season. Oh, I hope so. I might <laughs> be wrong, but I think it's the end of next season. I don't think they would send him out on loan for his contract to run out at the end of the season. I think the hope for Man United is to get some money in the end, because they wouldn't have sent him out on loan if they weren't going to get anything for him. Because mm. there was interest at the time for um for clubs to come in and spend money for him. I think there was... Uh, I think Tottenham were offering like 20 million or something like that at the time, and they thought no, we're going to send him out and try and increase his value by getting another full season in the Prem. Uh. But yeah, I think their eventual plan for Dean Anderson is to either play him as first choice, which I think with Eric Ten Hag coming in, maybe isn't going to be the case. I think when Solskjaer was there, he liked to sort of play not good enough youth (laughs) prospects, but like (laughs) McTominay. But I think with Ten Hag, I think the eventual plan for uh, Dean Anderson is to cash in on him as soon as possible. I hope they do that. I hope they do the same with Dara Branford as well, because imagine that coming in, you get 2 million from each 4 million into the club, immediately play off that pure pay debt, which I think is about 2.5 million now, and then you've got 1.5 million to put into whatever, players maybe upgrading the uh, training ground, which I think probably needs to happen, maybe uh, putting a roof on the waterworks ends, it could be a priority, but <laughs> yeah, it'd, it'd be nice to see that come through, but I can't see either of them happening in January, I think if both of them might happen in summer I think that's maybe a possibility but January I don't think so
1: yeah it'd be nice to see something come in. <laughs> full stop but like you said these both of these could easily wipe out that debt just on, on their own so like it'd be fantastic yeah. just just for that to stop having by the time
2: back. this has come out we'll already know so, okay. <laughs> so the listeners will know whether we've uh, cleared that debt or not now so <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're sitting listening to this thinking that I'm an absolute buffoon but yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, something I saw on social media about a week ago was a challenge in a Rochdale pub that involved Jaeger bombs and away <laughs> fans. And Carlisle United fans have absolutely smashed the record. I believe they might be top of the leaderboard now. There was pictures of Carlisle United fans enjoying many, 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 many Jager bombs at a pub. In Rochdale, congratulations for topping the leaderboard and representing this fine county, boys. Well done, well done, well done, Liam. Were you amongst them? Did you see any of this? I didn't go to Rochdale. Didn't go to Rochdale. <laughs> I had my driving
2: lesson in the morning, so I couldn't. I couldn't do it. But, uh, <laughs> it's the second time that week that we've beat Hartlepool. I just wanted. To, I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I mean I went to Hartlepool at least so unfortunately I didn't go to Rochdale so this might be uh, a bit of a, a bit of a short match report but it was always going to be a bit of a short match report to be honest because there's only the one goal for us to talk about but before I go into the match report for Carlisle United's 1-0 victory over Rochdale which made it for the first time this season three wins in a row for the Cumbrians I'm going to give you the Carlisle United starting lineup for the game that took place in Rochdale. I'm talking about Thomas Hoyley in nets with Senior, Feeney, Huntington, Mellish and Armour across the back line. Gibson, Guy and Moxon in the midfield. Gordon and Dennis up front. Now, Liam... I was whipped by social media a little bit this week because I put on social media, would you be tempted at all, given the current rumour fixtures, because it's Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, to change a few things. And I suggested maybe changing Ghana for Dennis, just for one game. Um, I, I got a bit of social media bash bash for that. Probably rightfully so. Probably rightfully, rightfully so, so. I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> some people were just nice enough just to say no, um, and that was, that was nice to them. People just to say no. Um, you don't change a winning team, do you? Not Liam. Is everyone else right?
2: Everyone else is right. I yeah. saw that. And I didn't comment myself because <laughs> I thought I'd comment on it now on the podcast uh, as, t- as well, almost the voice of the people. Why on earth would you drop? Christian Dennis for that game (laughs) it's an important (laughs) game against a very very poor defence because that's been Rochdale's problem this season, their their defence is dreadful, you're not going to drop the top goal scorer in the league for that game, he could easily have got in an ideal world, it didn't happen but you put put in the best striker in the league theoretically against the worst defence in the league it gives him a big opportunity to try and up them numbers a bit doesn't it and I think Christian Dennis would not have been happy with being dropped for that game at all he didn't (laughs) score in the end (laughs) But yeah, I'm I'm glad he kept the winning team because all <laughs> all the players I would have dropped if I was going to drop anyone, I'd have dropped Kimani Gordon in. And in hindsight, that's absolutely an awful decision because he got the goal. But yeah, good lineup, stick to a winning team, I think.
1: Yeah. So I mean you know we'll go on to talk about the uh, the tuesday night game barrow which obviously would have happened by this point in the the saturday game against harrogate but yeah nothing changed uh, you don't change a winning team as i've uh, really recently learned i mean you know I me mean? i like to stir the pot <laughs> a little bit i know what's best i know what's best but i do like to stir the pot A little bit, and it was Gordon uh, that had the first attempt of the game. There was a bit of a mistake by the Rochdale defense. Gordon took it round the goalkeeper a little bit too far, and the ball went round the post. He looked like he was really up for it this day, but the Carlisle goal I mean, it didn't take too long, did it, mate? To be completely honest, it was in the eighth minute of the game. And it was a counter-attack. There was a throw-in from Rochdale deep inside Carlisle's half. And, uh, I mean, the fullback, back oh, the striker, sorry, is uh, absolutely... Or oh, the winger, sorry, has absolutely done uh, the Carlisle defence. Done fantastically well to keep it in, but not very fruitful with his cross. And Carlisle clear really well. And this... Is where I really want to focus in on Dennis the Menace. This is what Dennis the Menace is doing fantastically well this season. This is why Dennis the Menace has the nickname Dennis the Menace because he's horrible to play against. You don't know which centre back he's going to be on. And this is what he's perfect doing. He finds the perfect space between the two centre backs. He's always got space, he's always got Room. He's always giving defenders doubt and not only can he turn and run into those channels, he can look over his shoulder and play a fantastic ball through, which is done here, by the way, by the way, with his left foot by the way. Just, just you yeah. know, just, yeah. just, just by the way, he's done it with his left <laughs> foot. He's played it over uh, a few defenders and it's a fantastic ball for Kaimani Gordon to run through on. And he, yeah, he's got a fair bit to do, but he's got the pace and that's what he really needed. And the finish was fantastic. Slips the goalkeeper and it's it's like what we said against Hartlepool, proper footballing goals. Yeah. I, do you
2: know what? It's, Perfect. It's he, I had no idea what the Rochdale defence were doing. To be perfectly honest with you, where they were at, I do not know. It was such a good ball from Dennis as well, though. He's such a good player, he, not just goal scoring. I think, I think he's third for assists for Carlisle this season behind Gibson and um, and Moxon. Just because he, he gets these assists as well, he gets goals and assists. He's, he's the perfect player. It's absolutely fantastic. Kimani Gordon as well, two goals in three games. Both very similar goals as well. Runs through, I think he gets it through the keeper's legs. It, the camera angle, from what I saw it once, was, wasn't great. I don't know whether he did he get it between the keeper's legs or just past the keeper. Either I think way, it he was very close the keeper.
1: keeper. I think he did. It's not a great camera angle, you're
2: right. No, but I, I, I think it, yeah, through the keeper's legs or whatever. <laughs> it, it, it gets it past. He gets it past the keeper, regardless. Um, yeah. Very good finish straight over to the Carlisle fans. He kisses the badge, which I absolutely love uh, from a lone player. He shows a bit of a <laughs> commitment. you got to be careful pulling the badges on these ERA kits, lad. <laughs> it would have been classic, wouldn't it? Pulls the badge, it just comes straight off. <laughs> Running about fun. with a plain red top on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, good finish. Brilliant ball by Dennis. And it did the job.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's kind of how you can sum up Carlisle United's performance on the day. It did the job, you know. Um, we were quite happy to let Rochdale have the majority of possession. We didn't exactly go pressing too much for the rest of the game. It was a grinded out result, as said by Paul Simpson. You really had to source some grit and determination. And Liam, these are the kind of wins that you have to eke out if you're going to have success, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I said it. I said it towards the start of the season when we got beat by Leighton Orient when they just got extremely lucky. Ch- Champions get lucky. Champions get results when they aren't playing the best. That's they're, That they're the t- kind of games that you win if you're going to get promoted. Um, and and we did win. Rochdale were poor, but they had their chances. Um, we defended well. Thomas Hawley had a good game. I'm I'm not really. Um, I don't appreciate Thomas Holley as much as I should, I don't think. I think I'm well, very him critical of him. this season, isn't it? He's he's doing well. He's doing really well. I've been very critical of him not coming for crosses and that, but I think the last two games, Hartley pull on this one, he's really improved in that regard. That's sort of coming for crosses. And I think he, he's just, he's becoming a really good keeper. I, I'm happy with the last few performances from Thomas Hawley. He's really proved me wrong, which I'm so, so happy about because there was some real questions starting to come up about him especially after that Warsaw game where he just had an absolute stinker, didn't he? Um, But he he hasn't let that affect him too much. He looks really confident. You can tell he absolutely loves it as well. you see the videos of him, and I've been to a few away games this season. Every single game that we've won, which is most of them, uh, he comes straight over to the away fans, celebrates with the away fans. The away fans absolutely love him. He gets his name chanted. You can tell he absolutely loves being here. And I'm so, so happy that he's starting to play a lot
1: better. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's nice to see the giant uh, uh, get confidence back into him. Yeah, you're right. He did have a bit of a shaky thing, and and his his kicking, his kick in, his his passing wasn't looking very good for a little while, but. What he has been quite consistent at doing is pulling off some really good saves, and he did have a really good save to have to pull off against Rochdale as well. There was a long range effort that you know. I mean, to be fair, you do expect the goalkeeper of highly yeah. size to be able to cover it, but he made it look good. Um, and it's one of those ones to do that you do that, that in a boring thing. match.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's one no, of those no. ones where you look at it, and it, if he saves it, it's a brilliant save. If he lets it in, it's an absolute hollow. You know, it's one of those ones where it looks good, but he should definitely be saving it. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> but he didn't. He, he did it. He did it well.
1: He made it look good. He made it look good. And like I said, you know, he adds up to now like 11 clean sheets for the season. So he's, he's doing really well. He is, he is doing really well. And he seems to be settling into life. And the videos were great of him like, shouting and really enjoying the victory against Rochdale. And that victory leaves us just one point behind Northampton, chasing down the automatic promotion places. We're in a fantastic position, mate. It wasn't the best of games, though, so it might be quite difficult for you to give your Foxes feature, Man of the Match. Uh, like you said, you weren't exactly there. You've seen some of the highlights. So, I mean, we've got pretty much the same amount of information to go off. What are you going for, Paul? Uh,
2: Fort Mob gave it to Owen Moxon. He, had, he apparently had a few good sort of turns. I saw a video of him doing this absolutely brilliant bit of skill at one point in the game, and I think especially in the first half... It was probably man of the match. So, Owen Moxon for me, I think.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I think maybe it's about time I gave a bit of credit to the big man at the back it is another clean sheet and yeah i know he didn't have a lot to do but neither did anyone else and you can't really say that thomas didn't do all of his job right on the day arguably you know there's a couple of other players you can say that about but yeah i'm gonna give it to thomas for the clean sheet and uh i mean really looking like he's he's confident enough to ask things of his defense and communicate in the box and like you said he's coming out and getting those crosses and claiming them and having that confidence to come out and do that when you've got a back line with Mr. Fierce Feeney, uh the experienced Huntington and uh the magnificent mellish Hey, I got there, <laughs> I did it in the end. <laughs> I got there in the end. Uh yeah, no, it might be quite intimidating for you, even if you are six foot uh nine or whatever crazy height he is, um, to, to establish your voice in that back line. So it's nice to see he's coming out for those crosses and uh, yeah, he's my he's my boxes feature man of the match. Now, before we disappear, Liam, we're going to give our predictions. Now, obviously, this podcast comes out on a Wednesday, which means we won't be able... Uh, I mean, the Barrow game would have been and gone. Uh, so there isn't much point in us giving us predictions on the Barrow game and dwelling on them for too long. So I'll quickly just say I'm going to go for 2-0 uh, to Carlisle. 3-2,
2: I'll say.
1: All right, okay, okay, 3-2, 3-2, plenty of goals for you, plenty of goals for you, but the weekend's opponent is Harrogate, and quite interestingly, if you're a fan of Padded Seat, uh, which is a page on Instagram that looks at the hospitality packages for football teams, so you can see sort of what Crawley offer at their ground, Swindon offer at their ground, it's good to have a nosy around, you know, it's quite interesting, he's coming to Burton Park on Saturday, so there'll be a video for the Harrogate game Uh, just giving him a little plug there I'm a big fan of Padded Seats go and follow him on Instagram and Facebook and all of those good places but the big game is obviously the Harrogate game that's what we're interested in mate Harrogate quite close to the bottom end of the table uh, in the bottom five slipping down there and struggling you know losing 1-0 to Sutton at home do you fancy us?
2: I think against any other team I would but Harrogate just every single time has yeah, problems no don't they I, I, I don't think we've ever beat them there was that game Taylor Charter scored a banger it's the first time I've been to the Harrogate grounds the 3-3 free free earlier this season and they were in a similar position then and we were fighting at the top end at that time as well so I, I don't want it to be but I think a one, 1-1 one draw is probably possible uh,
1: I mean, I think it's, I, I don't think Harrogate are as potent as they used to be able to be, especially if they've got to play it on a decent surface like Brunton Park, and they do have to come and play at a decent surface. So Carlisle can play our game. That's the thing. We're going away to Harrogate. We can't play our game. We've tried to play the ball on the ground for like the last 18 months. Even on the beach, we tried to play the ball on the ground. It was over like a million, maybe we went for the big lumpet balls. But, you know, I like to see. The ball played on the ground and we get to see that at Brunton Park and Harrogate can't necessarily do that. And we've got the back five to deal with, you know, better attacks. than know, Harrogate better Armstrong got us. Got,
2: oh, He caused us so much problems that, that Armstrong <laughs> they've got. It's just him. It's him I have nightmares about. And he's going to be the one, because every single time he plays us, he scores. And I'm getting really sick of him and his stupid little ponytail. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's him that you need to watch. If he's out, we'll win 5-0. But if he's there, I just... Oh, I can't. I can't, I can't I we are due a
1: big one. win. We are due a big win. So, I mean, yeah, 3-1 again. I'm going to go for 3-1. I think okay. That feels about right. Maybe that Armstrong will score that one goal.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to keep the run going. <laughs>
1: that's it that's it man but uh, I mean that's it for us pretty much man uh, it's been really uh, fun doing it with uh, which unfortunately you know Will's not being able to join us this week but next week I'm sure we'll be back here on the podcast but for right now there isn't really anything else for us to do apart from saying bye for
0: now bye <laughs>